I will be reading from Luke chapter 3. Please rise in body or in spirit for the reading of the gospel. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was the ruler of Galilee, his brother Philip was ruler of the region of Etruria in Trinitatis, and Lysani as ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caliphaeus, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he asked to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers asked him, and we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I is coming, and I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chafe he will burn with unquenchable fire. So, with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. Let's go to God in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing unto you. Amen. My dad was not like other dads. 
My dad was a cool dad. My dad took us out of school to go to a Royals game. My dad always got us popcorn at the movies. My dad even dressed up as a cow for Halloween because his toddler, me, loved cows. He looks kind of grumpy there, but this was his idea. Then, later in 2020, my dad dyed his beard red when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. But like all chill, cool dads, my dad had one thing he was super annoying and uptight about. And that thing was his lawn. Now, my parents have a small house and a small yard. My mom is an avid gardener, so most of their yard is dedicated to growing beautiful and delicious plants. But my dad is unbothered by having a small yard. He only has 50 square feet of grass. Great. He will make sure that tiny patch of lawn is the best looking grass in the neighborhood. And I don't know if it's like a creative form of discipline or if my dad just thinks I really need to know this, but my dad has given me many lectures on how to grow a lush green lawn. And he likes to say, a beautiful lawn in the spring starts in the fall. You see, in the fall is when my dad tends to his lawn the most. He has one of those little carts that sprays grass seed everywhere. He breaks that thing out every October to reseed his lawn. There's also this thing called aerating. Maybe you guys know about this. Uh, aerating is when you poke a bunch of tiny holes in your lawn so that more water and more nutrients get into the soil and then in the springtime, you have like a really nice, thick, green lawn. Why am I telling you this? Why has a sermon on John the Baptist begun with the finer points of winterizing your lawn? As our scripture today explains, John the Baptist came to prepare the way for his cousin, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like when my dad prepares his lawn in the fall for it to grow in the following spring. John the Baptist is sent to prepare people for Christ to start his ministry. And as starts go, John really comes out swinging. At the beginning of Luke 3, he shouts, Brood of vipers! Woo! That's harsh. John is calling his people out. Since they are descendants of Abraham, these folks think that they don't need to do anything else to be part of God's kingdom. 
They think there's only one item on the checklist. Be part of Abraham's line. They said, great, I qualify. I'm literally grandfathered in. But John says no. John says, brood of vipers. There is more to be a part of God's kingdom than being born in the right family. John tells the people they have to bear good fruit. So, logically, the crowd asks, how do we bear good fruit? John's reply is simple. He says, if you have two coats, give one to someone who needs it. If you have enough food, give the excess to someone who needs it. He tells tax collectors to stop overcharging people and keeping the extra for themselves. He tells the military to stop making civilians civilians pay them in exchange for protection. And finally, John tells the crowd about Jesus. John is preparing the way for Christ. John is communicating who Jesus is and what Jesus' values are. John is calling out people who are complacent and shaking them from their apathy. John is reminding them of their purpose, to be loving and just, not just in theory, but in tangible, practical ways that will transform the lives of others. John says, instead of accumulating wealth, share what you have. Instead of being selfish or indifferent, show compassion. Instead of taking advantage and preying on the vulnerable, treat others with fairness and dignity. This will lead to good fruit. John is preparing the way for Jesus by offering the people a taste, a little sample of the good news that Christ will bring. Later in Jesus' ministry, we see Christ echoing some of John's words. In Matthew 12, Jesus is talking about growing good fruit. He calls his listeners a brood of vipers. Sound familiar? Like John in Luke 3, Jesus is shepherding his followers away from apathy. Jesus is telling them that good fruit cannot be found in a lineage or in a list of rules to follow. Good fruit comes from relationships. Good fruit comes from forgiveness. Good fruit comes from healing. It comes from solidarity with the poor and oppressed. It comes from letting God's love take the lead, allowing it to fill us up and pour out of us. One of my favorite authors, Rachel Held Evans, says it this way. She writes, 
Christianity isn't meant to simply be believed. It's meant to be lived, shared, eaten, spoken, and enacted in the presence of other people. As followers of Christ, we are called to prioritize relationships over belief, over comfort, and over institutions. By God's love and grace, we are empowered and called to nurture relationships and create communities of abundant life. This is the home for all. (coughs) This is God's home, a place where all inequities and sin are gone and everyone can experience joy and thrive as who God created them to be. A home for all, maybe with a gorgeous green lawn. Herein lies the promise of Advent, that God is with us, walking alongside us, compelling us to grow good fruit. God is with us as we collaborate with God to create a home for all. Amen.